Psalm 119, verse 1, it says this, How happy are those whose way is blameless, who live according to the law of Yahweh. Happy are those who keep His decrees and seek Him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They follow His ways. You have commanded that your precepts be diligently kept. If only my ways were committed to keeping your statutes, then I would not be ashamed when I think about all your commands. I will praise you with a sincere heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. Never abandon me. Yahweh bless his word to our hearts. Praise Yahweh. As Bible believers, brothers and sisters, we should want the pure faith. We should want the unadulterated faith. And what I mean is that we should want to believe those things that Yahweh's people believed in the Scriptures when they lived. And we should want to practice those things that Yahweh's people practiced in the Scriptures when they lived. I always think about this in relation to Yeshua of Nazareth. Every time I think about practicing and believing, I think about the Messiah. Christianity, it's a word that's thrown around a lot in America today. It's got a lot of labels. I think it's been drugged through the mud a whole lot. But Christianity comes from the word, the root word, Christian. And Christian, our English word Christian, is based upon a Greek word, Christianos. And Christianos means a follower of the Christ. A follower of the Christ. So it seems to me like the best way to be a Christian would be to one, obviously believe in the Christ, the Messiah, which then leads to number two, believing in what He taught, because we can never divorce what He taught from Him. And number three, then making an attempt to imitate Him in our actions. Following Christ, imitating Christ in our actions. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1 through 3, but right around there in 1 and 2, it speaks of this when Paul writes this. Paul says, imitate me as I also imitate Christ. Paul is saying, my understanding of that is this. He's saying, I imitate Christ and you need to do the same. And this is what the early Christians did. They did not just believe in Christ. They did not just believe in Christ. Don't misunderstand me. Believing in the Messiah is first and is foremost. In John chapter 17, verse 3, the Bible says, Yeshua says, this is eternal life. He's praying to His Father. And He says that they may know You, the only true mighty one, and Yeshua the Messiah, the one You have sent. So believing that Yeshua is the Messiah, the one that Yahweh sent, the Son of the Most High, is essential according to the Bible. That's essential. I'm just saying that's not where it stops. That's where it begins, but that's not where it ends. You keep on believing in Him for your entire life, but believing in the Messiah, believing in the Christ, should lead to more if you are a biblical Christian, a follower of the Christ. It should. The earliest believers in Yeshua followed Him in the sense of they followed His example. 
And no, they did not do it perfectly. None of us have. But the fact remains, this was their goal. This is what they woke up every morning and strived and fought to do, is to imitate Christ. This is what they set their sights on. He's our Savior first, yes. He saves us from our sins, Matthew one twenty one. Secondarily, though, He's our example. He did everything perfectly. And so if we want to know how to live, we need to look at His life. Amen. If we want to know how to live, we look at Him. We were singing, I will trust in you always, and we quoted a passage from Proverbs 3 in the song, and it says, Thy word, O Yah, is a lamp unto my feet. Actually, I think that's from Psalm 119 right there in the middle. Thy word, O Yah, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I've never thought about it like this before until we were singing it. And I was up here singing that song, playing the guitar, and I was thinking about what I taught on last Sabbath about the word becoming flesh. And I thought, you know, we sing that and we say, Thy word, O Yahweh, is a lamp to my feet. And we think about this, and that's okay. That's okay. But it's just as right to sing, Thy word, O Yah, is a lamp to my feet and be talking about the Messiah. Because He is the Word made flesh. The Torah made flesh. If we want to know how to live, we look at His life. One huge thing that always sticks out in my mind here is that He kept the law of Yahweh. The Messiah kept the law of Yahweh. He followed Yahweh's instructions. And I'm talking about the instructions that are written in the Old Testament. He kept those instructions. And so if He's our example, why shouldn't our goal be to do the same. For instance, he honored Yahweh as his mighty one. He didn't worship idols. He respected the name of Yahweh. He observed the Sabbath. He honored his parents. He didn't murder, steal, commit adultery, bear false witness, or covet what belonged to his neighbor. If he did all these things, all these things that are written in the law, and he is our example... And Paul says, I follow Christ and you imitate me and you do the same. Should not we strive to do all the things that he did? That should be our goal. After we come to Yahweh, the Father, and we repent of our sin against his law, he's the one that we've sinned against. He gave the law. We sinned against that law. We come and repent of our sin and we confess his son as our Savior and our Redeemer. What is the next step? Well, number one... It is true that we should repent every day as we're taught to do in the prayer that the Messiah taught His disciples to pray in Matthew 6. You know that prayer where He said, Give us this day our daily bread. It's a daily prayer. Well, part of that prayer is this, And forgive us our trespasses or forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors or as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's a daily prayer that we should pray. But what do we seek to do after we repent? Well, after our heart is sorrowful for our sin, if it's truly sorrowful for our sin, should we not then fight to destroy the works of the flesh in our life? I don't think there's any other answer, but yes, we absolutely should fight. Look at Romans chapter 6, New Testament. Romans chapter 6. I'm going to read verse 19. 
Romans 6, verse 19, Paul writes to the church at Rome. He says, I'm using a human analogy because of the weakness of your flesh. Listen to this analogy. He says, For just as you offered the parts of yourselves as slaves to moral impurity and to greater and greater lawlessness, so now offer them as slaves to righteousness, which results in sanctification. Paul is saying, just like you used to offer the parts of your body, hands, feet, eyes, thoughts, ears, you used to offer those to moral impurity, lawlessness, breaking of the law of Yahweh, transgressing the law of Yahweh. That's how you used to live your life. He says, so now that you are in Christ, Romans 6, 1 through 4, now offer your body as slaves to holiness which leads to sanctification. You know what sanctification is? Sanctification is the process of becoming more set apart. It's the process of becoming more holy. Justification, actual justification, is something done solely by Yahweh through His Son. It works itself out, though, in sanctification. All who are justified, according to Romans 8, will be sanctified to some degree in this life, we bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold, but we all bring forth fruit if we're justified. We'll have sanctification happening in our life. We'll become more and more holy. We'll become more and more like Christ. He's our example. We're imitating Him. If I am guilty of hatred towards my brother, and I come to Yahweh and I acknowledge that, and I confess it, and I repent of it, and I trust in His Son as my substitute sacrifice, that He took the penalty for my sin, my hatred, well, what am I then to do when I get up off of my knees and go out of my house to live in society? I think the answer is undeniable. I should strive to not have hatred towards my brother anymore. That's what true repentance is all about. And I believe the same goes for every sin, brothers and sisters. Everyone. Whether it's hatred and bitterness, whether it's sexual immorality, like adultery, or even heart adultery, or pornography, or fornication, all these forms of sexual immorality. Breaking the Sabbath, it goes for breaking the Sabbath. It goes for being disrespectful to your parents. Eating unclean. Forgetting to bless Yahweh at the end of a meal. We could go on and on and on and on. Cheating people, lying, bearing false witness. All of these are sins. And yes, we're all sinners and we all deserve death. But thanks be to Yahweh that He's given us a way of escape through the life, death, and resurrection of His Son. That's the good news. But what that means is that we have been freed from the penalty of the law. That is the death penalty. And what that also means is that Yahweh's Son is now our Master. Not just our Savior. Yes, He's our Savior, but not just our Savior. He's now our Master, and our goal should now to be to follow in our Master's footsteps. Amen? And you know it's not going to be a perfect following, but it's still what we ought to do. And it's how we ought to live. And it's what we ought to strive for. And it's what we ought to set our sight and our goal on every day that we live is to be like Christ. I remember when I was a little boy, and some of you 
Little boys may do this. I think David still does it sometimes at the house. I used to walk behind my dad, and I would try to my best <laughs> to put my feet where he would put his feet when he would walk. I'd walk behind him, and I'd see his left foot go there, and I'd try to put my left foot in his left foot, and I'd see his right foot go there, and I'd try to put my right foot in his footprint where he just walked. And it looked very awkward because I'm a lot smaller than my dad at that time. And I didn't always put my feet in the exact same place as my dad. And sometimes I'd lose my balance and I'd fall. But you know what? I was trying to walk where my dad walked. I was trying to follow in his footsteps. And once Yeshua is believed in by us, once we believe in Him as our Savior, the Son of Yahweh, our kinsman Redeemer, the sacrifice for our sin, the next logical step is for us to walk behind Him and strive to put our feet in His footprints. And when I say put our feet in His footprints, I don't speak by analogy. My first was an analogy. My second is you do what He did. You speak like He spoke. You live like He lived. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6, we'll read. Now you can follow along with me or listen carefully, but I want you to ask yourself, could this passage be any more plain? 1 John 2, verse 3. This is how we are sure that we have come to know Him, by keeping His commands. The one who says, I have come to know Him, without keeping His commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps His word, truly in Him the love of the Almighty is perfected. This is how we know we are in Him. The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walked. You see that word walk there? Should walk just as he walked? When you see the word walk in the Bible, oftentimes, especially in the New Testament, it is a figure of speech that means your way of life. And that's because back then, that's how most people got around. They walked everywhere. That's your way of life. This is how you're to live. If people had to be around you for a week, eat breakfast with you, go to work with you, talk to you, see how you conversed with the public, what they ought to see is a man or a woman that strives to be obedient to the laws of Yahweh. Not a lawless person, but a lawful person. A person that believes in Yahweh and His Son and keeps His commandments. I think that passage is very clear and I have to wonder why is it that anyone would want to argue against a Christian who tries to be like Christ? How could it be wrong, sinful, or denying Christ to do anything that He Himself did? Think about that. There's no way that you could deny Christ by doing anything that He did Himself. No way. As a matter of fact, from the verses that we've read today, we actually see that doing what he did, striving to do what he did, is an acceptance of Christ. That proves that you have accepted him. It's not a denial of him. And this is why it's so important. I've taught a message, I think it was last new moon, about reading your Bible and praying every day. And then Brother Arnold's kind of picked that up. And he's mentioned that testimony service. And I hope you're listening to it. 
And he made a profound statement that really has stayed with me since he said it. And that statement goes a little something like this. He says, I don't believe that a man or a woman that reads their Bible every day and that prays every day will fall away. I believe that you'll quit reading and praying before you fall away. That's very profound from the elder there. You need to meditate on that because it's so true. If you make the effort to get into this Word every day, whether you feel like it or whether you don't, whether it's one chapter or whether it's five, and then you sit down, stand, or kneel, and you pray to the Most High, you're going to be a lot less likely, if likely at all, to fall away from the faith because you're making that conscious effort. You say, Brother Matthew, times get tough. Trust me, I know they do. The older I get, the more that I realize that. Life is not easy. It's not peaches and cream. Life is full of trials and afflictions and heartaches and sufferings and letdowns. It's full of all that. But Yahweh teaches us through those things. He teaches us through our trials. He teaches us through that discipline. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. I said many are the afflictions of the righteous. But Yahweh delivereth him out of them all. You keep your eyes on the prize and your faith in Christ and you imitate Him just like Paul did. And you don't take your eyes off of Him. And even like when I was a little boy and sometimes I'd lose my balance and fall when I was trying to walk in my dad's footsteps, sometimes we'll do the same thing when we try to follow Christ. We'll lose our balance. We'll fall. But we don't have to stay down. Matter of fact, when I was a little boy, when I fell down, I got upset for a few minutes or maybe a few seconds, but I got right back up, brushed myself off, and tried to follow Daddy again. That's what we have to do. And staying in this Word, reading this Word and praying every day is going to help us. It's important for us to do that. And it's important for us, brothers and sisters, to read Yahweh's law every day. On top of whatever else you're reading in the Scriptures, read His law daily. For instance, make this practical. Sometimes it's easier when we make things practical. Take a chapter in Exodus or Leviticus or Deuteronomy. The first five books of the Bible is strictly the law of Yahweh. The other books of the Old Testament can be loosely called the law as well. But strictly the law of Yahweh, the Torah, is the first five books of the Bible, the five books of Moses, the Pentateuch. Take a chapter in Exodus. Take a chapter in Leviticus or a chapter in Deuteronomy and dissect that chapter. Maybe like Exodus chapter 21 or Leviticus chapter 19. I would suggest not that you read it for one day, not that you read it for two days, not that you read it for a week. That's fine if that's how it works or what's best for you. But I would suggest doing something like reading that one chapter every day, two or three times a day, for 40 days. Become acquainted with the chapter. You'll memorize the chapter. You'll know where those laws are. You'll have that chapter down. Let me guarantee you after 40 days of dissecting that chapter, you'll have it down. Somebody asks you about Leviticus 19, you'll be able to say, hey, that's the circumcised fruit tree chapter. That's the reverence my Sabbath chapter. That's the don't mar the borders of my beard chapter. That's the stand up for the gray-headed chapter. You'll be able to think about those things. You read it for 40 days, you'll get to the point where you memorize it and you'll also get to the point where you've read it so much and you've studied it so much that you might just become an expert in the laws of Yahweh in that chapter. Then, after those 40 days, you move on to another chapter. Look at the dietary laws in Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14. Those are somewhat parallel texts. 
The laws of diet are so important because we eat just about every day. Or juice, right, Brother Tim? Just about every day, right? Every day we sit down and we eat our meals. And so the laws of diet are important because every time we eat, we're reminded that Yahweh is over our life, even in the most common area of eating. He's Lord over our life in that area. But I ask you, brothers and sisters, I ask us, do we really know the dietary laws? I know that we all know not to eat pig, and that's great. But abstaining from pork is not where it starts and stops. There are many other animals on Yahweh's unclean list that we shouldn't eat. Things like shrimp, catfish, camel. Yahweh has many animals on his unclean list, but he's got many animals on his clean list. He doesn't leave us out in the dark. It's not like he said, don't eat any meat at all. I'm not against people that want to be vegetarians. That's fine. That's a preference or a liberty that people have. But I'm also not against eating meat that Yahweh said that we could eat. But we've got to study those chapters, Leviticus 11, Deuteronomy 14, so that we know and don't slip up with anything that Yahweh says not to eat. Why? Because he's master over our lives in that area, that area of eating. And so what we should do, I think, is spend a good 40 days just on that chapter. Every day you read that chapter, you go over it, you look up the animals there, and you see these are the ones that we don't eat. You play games with your children like I used to when they were a lot smaller now. They're good at it now. But I would say deer, clean or unclean. They'd say clean. And i try to go faster and faster and faster and make them slip up. And they got where they were good at it, you know. Camel, clean or unclean. Pork, clean or unclean. Horse, clean or unclean. So you have these things going on in your house, you know. You remember how Deuteronomy 6 says, you teach them to your children when you rise up, when you lie down, when you walk by the way, when you sit in your house, when you're standing in your house. Not just when you're sitting behind a school desk and make them sit there for eight hours a day. I don't see that in the Bible. But I do see that you teach them throughout the daily course of life. You know. We want to make sure we're on Yahweh's menu. What, what does that mean about keeping the Sabbath, the law of the Sabbath? The word Sabbath means rest, intermission. But what is all entailed in Sabbath keeping? Well, Sabbath keeping includes much more than just resting. Resting's part of it, and I love my Sabbath naps. I love my naps on Sabbath. So let's say that we rest on the Sabbath. That's good. That's a good start, but that shouldn't be where it stops. That's not the only commandment or statute for Sabbath keeping. Did you know that there are other ways that you can break the Sabbath? Get out of concordance. Look up every place in the Bible that the word Sabbath is mentioned, specifically in the law of Yahweh, and then read those verses every day. Reread them and read them for 40 days and become acquainted with them. Know them or however many days you choose. And that will help you learn how to keep the Sabbath. What about loving your neighbor? To me, Sabbath keeping and eating clean is way easier than loving my neighbor as myself, for me. Or loving my wife like Christ loved the church. Every day I wake up and I think about doing that, and then every day I fail. (laughs) I strive to do it, but those are more difficult ones for me, for me. 
Well, the Torah is full of ways to love our neighbor. It talks about it so often. Leviticus, Exodus, Deuteronomy. You can read about them in these books. But wouldn't it be great if we spent a good 40 days just studying only the verses that teach us how to love our neighbor? Read them over and over again every day for about 40 days and become an expert in that area of Yahweh's law. Now you might say, Brother Matthew, that seems a little meticulous. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you say, Brother Matthew, that sounds great. And I hope that's what you say. But maybe you say that sounds a little meticulous or some people might think that's a little bit legalistic. Legalistic's not always a bad word so long as you're not trying to justify yourself with your own ways. If you're trying to be meticulous in the law of Yahweh, like Joshua said in chapter 1, he said, don't let this word depart out of your mouth. Recite it. Meditate upon it day and night. Psalm 1, the blessed man meditates on the law. How often? Day and night. If you're doing that, somebody calls you a legalist, praise Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. I sure rather would be legal than illegal. Right, Brother Lon? <laughs> Why should I study the law that much, Brother Matthew? Should I really spend 40 days just on the dietary laws or just on loving my neighbor or just on the Sabbath? Should I really spend 40 days in Leviticus 19 or in Exodus 21? And you're going to learn all kinds of different laws when you do this and when you put this to practice. Should I really do that? Here's one reason why you should do that, and it should be the only one that you need to hear, and it should be the only one that anybody in the world needs to hear that professes to believe in the Bible, and that's this. You're a follower of Christ. That's what the word Christian means. The law was His life. And if the law was His life, and you're to imitate Him, why shouldn't it be your life? Well, it should. Because when you study Yahweh's law, all you're doing is studying the life of the Messiah. Think about that. It's not about trying to earn your salvation. We've all already messed that one up big time. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says, We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our own way. And Yahweh has punished Him for the iniquity of us all. It's beautiful. I'm not saying that we keep the law to be saved. I'm saying that we keep the law as a loving response to the free gift of salvation. Yeshua is now our master. We want to be like Him. He observed Yahweh's law. And we don't just want to walk like Enoch walked. That's a good start. We want to strive to walk like Yeshua walked. And when you mess up, don't give up. When you fall and lose your balance, don't give up. When you don't get your foot right in the place where He stepped, don't get discouraged. Confess your sin. Repent of your sin. And you try to put your foot right back in that spot again. Are we followers of Christ, of the Messiah? Yes. Did Christ keep Yahweh's commandments? Yes. Should we keep Yahweh's commandments? Yes. It's not just Christ our Savior. He's also Christ our example. And if you believe that, and if I believe that, then let's get serious about it. You will not fall away from Yahweh if you read this every day and you pray every day. Strive to be like Christ. Let's stand and close in prayer. Yahweh Father, now I pray 
that you would give us the heart and the mind to put to practice what I've just preached, including myself. It's very easy for us to say amen, nod our head, and say, you know what, we're geared up to do this. But weeks go by, and then we set you back on the shelf. These things not should be. So I pray now that you would give us the power, Father Yahweh, the ability to do that which you have commanded. Yahweh, I love you. I thank you for your son. He's our example. Let us strive to be like him. Through him I pray.